0: Good morning, so thankful for the presence of God in this house and um, it, it, his presence really rests. Um, one, where two or more are gathered in his name, which we are like beating the junk out of that one with the number there. Um, but two, he's enthroned on the praises of his people. And so I just love, I mean, I haven't been off the stage in a long time, so it's just so sweet to be amongst the voices and experiencing God's presence resting on His people, simply as we gaze on Him. So, oh, I'm gonna have to move on from that moment. Well, hey, if, if you don't, if you if you haven't been here very long, my name is Kaylin Taylor. I am the worship pastor here, and um, I have uh, some pictures because I don't preach enough that I feel like I get to show pictures of my family every time. So, we're gonna do that. Uh, the first one, me and my wife, I believe. Here we are. We just celebrated 13 years. Uh, a week or two ago, and uh, we went on campus because we actually, freshmen, listen up. We met week one at A&M, and it, it was, uh, things just clicked, you know? And so we're, you're not too far behind. We're in week two, three, somewhere in there. Plenty of time, a very successful college career for me, um, at least, I'll let her speak for her, her own. Uh, and then I, uh, I have uh, my kiddos here. We have four girls um, sorry about the resolution. That's probably my bad on the email there. But uh, they're even cuter with more detail. Uh, but we have Lily, Clara, Rose, and Evie. Um, uh, love them so much. We actually got to go to Colorado this summer, and which was amazing. Uh, really haven't been for a long time. And uh, I did get our, uh, stuck on a mountain in our vehicle. And um, I did pay a tow truck to come take us off. And you don't want to know how much that costs. But in the light of the gospel, our debts are paid, but God still collects stupid texts. And I just, it's important that we not get frustrated at that reality. It's, a, it's how we learn. So, oh man. Well, one other question to answer. If you are wondering where, uh, if, where, who's the lead pastor or where he is, um, our lead pastor and his wife are on sabbatical right now. They started back in May and guys, um, they have poured their heart, <laughs> sorry, they, they have poured their heart, soul, mind, and strength into this church for 14 years. And um, there's just, there are like thousands of relationships come and gone. There's tragedies that they have not just gone through, but carried uh, people through. Um, they, 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 have, they have carried so much for 14 years. And so I'm so glad and so thankful that we can let them go rest um, be re- refreshed and recover. And um, I wanted to take a minute to pray for them. I don't know if we've done that in a while. So we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna pray for them uh, right now. So I'm gonna pray, but I expect you to as well with your mouth, not your mind. Sound good? Yeah. Lord, we say, come. We thank you for the hearties. <laughs> and we thank you, Lord, that you are our shepherd. And we say, Come. Thank you that you lead us to still waters and to pastures green. You restore us and refresh us. And so we say, come into their household, Lord. For Tyler and for Ashley and for all five of their children, we say, come, let your spirit rest in their house. Lord, and I pray the fresh life in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks, guys. Trying already. Okay, well, today... I get to tie up our three-part series on being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I just wanna acknowledge, this was the weirdest series for us to choose for the beginning of the semester, okay? <laughs> I get it. It's like, how about we pick a hot topic, you know? Um, with lots of opinions and all that kind of stuff. But um, it's important. it was important for us that we do this series now because our next series is on our bread and butter task at hand, which is discipleship. But the reality is we have, we have to know that we cannot... Do that unless we are filled with the Holy Spirit. So that's why we picked this weird topic. But Billy's made it not weird, right? The last two weeks, phenomenal, biblical. So today we get to talk, about last week was on the spirit-filled life of the individual. Today we're gonna talk about the spirit-filled church. What does it look like when the spirit of God is in his body, right? And I'm excited, like very excited. I feel like this has been stirring in me for four years. So I'm gonna be honest, like I have so much in my heart. I, I felt like I just want, this morning, I just want to like rip it out like Street Fighter style and hold it out for you <laughs> to partake in the heart that, that, that the, the things that God's been stirring in me and I had to throw out so much material to fit it into a sermon. And so um, I, uh, I, have, I always think I'm kind of a linear thinker. And then I realize I'm super swirly and I have to get linear for anything to make sense as I communicate to somebody else. So I am, I am so excited to share on what the Lord has been stirring in me based on scripture, not my own ideas, and, um, and for us to get unity on what it means to be the body of Christ if we don't have clarity and unity on that, then we just, we, we're, we're an awkward middle schooler. Gro- Does that make sense? Like our body needs to be flexible, movable, strong, agile. But if we're immature in our understanding on it, then like, then we're gonna be tripping over ourselves on the basketball court, right? right. Yes. So we're here to get some clarity. Sound good? All right. All right, well, I wanted to give a little bit of background just for, for me and, and my connection to this church. I've been here 14 years, and that's weird to say because I used to be 14, like it felt like not that long ago. <laughs> I've been here 14 years, and I just want to say that it's been on purpose. It hasn't been on accident. It hasn't been that opportunities didn't open up somewhere else. Um, I have felt like I am disappointed not disappointing, but like uh, there are people who would love for me not to live here, right? There are people who would love for me maybe not to be doing this as my, uh, and and it's okay. I've chosen this people because I believe it's possible that we could join to one another, commit to one another and say, you know what? Like, yeah, there's opportunities. There's things all over the world that God's doing, but I don't just wanna chase the activity of God. I want to partake in what he has made us for, which is commitment to other people. Yep. And, and I'm sure there are some called to travel and, and deposit things in different places, but they have people somewhere. And, um, and I just wanna, I'm not saying this has to be your place. If you're in college, I get it, you, you might move. But there is a reality that God has probably called you to a people. I think he has. And I've been here because on purpose because it was like, all right, well, I gotta choose somebody. And these, these, these people are pretty cool. Sometimes they're not, and it's okay, right? That's okay. We've been lame together, and we'll be cool together. And it's okay, but it's on purpose. All right, amen? Okay, so what we're gonna do first, I just wanna get, um, I'm a big picture thinker, not, you know, I just have to see the whole thing before I zoom into a topic, right? So I want us to get unity on what is the body of Christ. Why is it even called that? Um, talk about the two main roles I see for the body of Christ, to, and then uh, talking about how do, we, how do we belong, how do we interact, and then what, is that, what does that really look like when we're filled with this, when the body's filled with the spirit in that place, okay? All right, well, if you wanna take notes, that would make me feel better. <laughs> if you're texting, I'll you me taking notes. Does that sound good? All right, the body of Christ. Uh, This phrase even is based on some scriptures. So we're gonna look at 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14. For just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Let's not forget that phrase. We're gonna hit it later. In one spirit, we are baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Remember that phrase too, because it's weird. And I think it's important that we receive it. We drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Praise God. Um, Another another passage that hits on the body. Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. For our Lord, or one Lord, sorry, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all, who is over all and through all and in all. We need to pay attention to the things that are repeated, right? They said one, like a lot, a whole lot. One spirit, one body, one Father, one faith. So the church is one body. It's many members, you and I, filled with the Spirit of God. If we're missing one of those aspects, then we're not the whole thing, you know? We're not that right representation. But this means that we are people being people, which means imperfect, which means feelings, hurt feelings, um, strong thoughts and opinions, but we're called to one. This also means miracles through the Spirit of God. We should expect to see the divine in this body, right? We're filled with the spirit of God. So we're gonna see more than what's possible with people. God exists in a communal representation of the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. And he gives us the chance to understand the miracle of his love as we receive it for one another. We're learning to value communion, fellowship, and unity as he values it. So that's the body of Christ and what it is, roughly. <laughs> I wanna go into the two main roles that I see the body built for. Um, we're not gonna focus on the, on the doing today. We're gonna focus on the filling, but, I, but it's important that we do know unto what, right? It's like, why is he building us up into one body? The first main role for note takers, numero uno, is kingdom of priests. We are a kingdom of priests. It sounds biblical already, right? What did the priests do in the Old Testament? Atoned for sins. Made sacrifices for it. They, and they ministered to God on behalf of Israel, right? Part of that was performing the ceremonies that cleansed the people. And then the other things were just doing the things that he liked. <laughs> Ministering to God. Maybe we need to think about that word for a minute. You look it up, it literally just means to meet the needs of another. Now, it's hard to think that God has needs, right? I, I like, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna go on any of that philosophy. But the reality is he's called us to minister to him. He's invited us to minister to him. So we're, we're coming to that place to say, all right, Lord, what can I provide? What can I give you yes. that nobody else can? So, um, the Levites were one of the twelve tribes, right They were given the priestly role and they ministered to the Lord on behalf of, of Israel. But was that god 's like dream plan that eleven tribes go like, "You got goats, you got fields, you got well digging you know and, and but these guys will minister to me. Just go ahead and pass your doves on to them and let them minister to me on your behalf i don 't think that was the dream, right? In the beginning, Adam and Eve walking with God in the cool of the day, ministering to him face-to-face and being ministered to face-to-face, right? When sin entered the picture and God gave the plans for the temple, God put his presence into the Ark of the Covenant, which is a fancy box, okay? He put his presence in a box so that he could be with us and near us. But what he did then is he said, put a curtain in between the Holy of Holies, where my presence resides and the rest of the priests. And one time, one guy, once a year would put on a robe with bells and go in there. Why bells? In case he died of exposure to holiness. And they put a rope around his ankle to drag that fool's dead body out (laughs) when he died of exposure to holiness. So That is what ministering, like being close to God and ministering to him is dangerous when you're not holy like he is, right? But what happened when Jesus cried out, it is finished. That, I, I didn't look this up, but I heard it once. So take that word for it. Three foot thick curtain, okay? Maybe it's true. I hope it is. That's cool. Three foot thick curtain. When he cries out, it is finished. There was an earthquake and that thing was torn from top to bottom as a symbol of what Jesus has now done and made possible. We are holy as he is holy when we put on his righteousness. So we are ministers to God individually, but let's go to, um, let's go to 1 Peter 2, four through five. We're not just individually, ministers to God, he says, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood and to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We together individually are being built up into a house where we bring praises to God. Um, a little bit further down in, in, um, 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. This is where we get this kingdom of priest um, language. He says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into the marvel- his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So guys, this redemption, of course, I'm I'm sorry we're going so deep into this. It's just good, right? I mean, it's good stuff. But this part one of the plan of redemption has been complete. We have been made a royal priesthood. We have been called a people and we have been baptized into one body. Jesus began his ministry by inviting us into partaking in his, right? We get to minister to God now because in Jesus, we are holy as he is holy. So part one complete, but part two has commenced. The veil has been torn and the spiritual gates now swing wide for all who want to accept his offer to be redeemed. The ministry of Jesus began with himself in the flesh, but now in part two of redemption, his ministry is fulfilled through the body of Christ. It was finished was part one. There's a second, it's, it's finish, finished, finished, <laughs> which is he can, he, he, can, he can come back now and, rede- and redeem all of creation, right? He's invited us into that ministry in that process. Okay, um, <laughs> this brings me to point number two. So we, we are a kingdom of priests, but we also are the representation of Jesus in the earth and the continuation of his ministry. That is our second role that I'm gonna point at today. We minister to him and we finish his ministry in the earth, continue it as a representation of his body. It's his ministry. We're doing his ministry of reconciliation I never wanted to be a pastor. Somebody prophesied over me when I was 18. And I literally was like, wow, man. And it was in a time where I got a couple words and it was like, too bad that one was off. <laughs> you know? And I fought it for so long. I never wanted to be a pastor because I think growing up in the 90s left me with this sour taste in my mouth for the word ministry. And there was a lot of like... My ministry. Does that mean, like, you hear that? You know what? You know who I am right now. And 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 like purity in their hearts, great, you know. But there's this reality of like it's his ministry, and we are all called to it. There is not one elevated in an in any. There is not one elevated in any way in the body. And we all take up his ministry. Some of us, unfortunately, have to wear a title that describes it, you know? Um, But you guys get, get to go about it all day, every day. We all get to partake in his ministry. What is his ministry? The ministry of reconciliation, Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord. So put on this ministry, okay? It's his, but we're gonna put it on. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. This is the ministry that we get to partner with. It's his ministry. It's his power. It's his love. It's his mission. And he's invited us to join in him and to literally be the hands and the feet of that ministry. He was flesh and now he's gone, but he said, wait and the Holy Spirit will come. And now you will be my body. Praise God. So those are those two main roles. Um, I wanna talk just quick on what the church is versus what the church does. They're, They're different things and it's important that we understand the order to those. What Jesus did got the attention of the world, his miracles, right? People flocked because of his miracles, but his miracles didn't transform people on the inside. It was who he was, who he is that transforms. And in the same way, the church, we have to recognize that. We like to be, we like to categorize ourselves kind of on like what we're, what our gifts are, right? Whether as individuals or as a body. And be like, we kind of, we do this, we do that. But it's so important that we understand that the world will be transformed by who we are because of who he is. We might get attention with unbound or acts of mercy or evangelizing or whatever. You know, it's like we might get attention from the world, like ringing a bell, but what transforms people and and, and cities and nations is who Jesus is. And we get to embody who he is. Okay. I wanna go to... John seventeen. Um, there's this passage called the fi- the farewell discourse, and it is kind of like Jesus' final teaching to the disciples. Um, I think it probably happened at the table of the of the, the final. What's it called? <laughs> Last supper. <laughs> final countdown. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it was, uh, so imagine. I just like we. I read these. I think it's like fourteen through seventeen or nineteen or something. And. Um, When I read these passages, I just, you gotta hold the weight, right? He's walked these people for three years and right now he's letting them in on some things that he had not said plainly before, but he is saying plainly now because it's time that they get it. And so all like, we got the the way, the truth and the life's in there. There's lots of like very real um, passages in this final discourse, but I wanna focus in on 17, 20 through 23. These were some of his final words to his disciples. It's in a prayer that he is praying to the Father. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they, may be all, they, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, <laughs> that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. These are powerful words from Jesus. Powerful prayer. I love that it's a prayer because he's not trying to teach. He's just talking to the father about the thing that's on his heart before he goes and gives himself up. This is what's on his heart. It strikes me every time how clear he is that his desire is that we would be one. One with one another, one with him, as he is one with the Father. So the body of Christ is not one anointed person. It's not 10 anointed people, right? It's all of God's children held together in unity through love fulfilling his ministry on the earth. But we have to hit the who we are, who he is, before we go do the stuff. I wanna ask some reflection questions, okay? If you wanna write them down, you can, but I'm probably gonna ask you faster than you can write and I'd rather you just answer in your head, okay? As a believer, do I believe that the spirit of God is in me and in the people around me? Do I believe I'm a priest, one who is called to minister to God? Last one. Do I expect the ministry of Jesus to happen through me and through the people around me? I ask the question just because I think it's, it's important to not just hear and agree, right? But to actually like ask yourself, Do, like I might even resonate with that, but am I choosing it? Do I believe it? Is it true in my life? Um, is it reflected in my life? So we're going to our, my next section, which is really, bi- um, what does it mean to be a member of the body? So we know what the body is, its roles, And we know who Jesus longs for it to be. Um, But what does it mean to be a member of one body? We can have a hard time with corporate identity these days in uh, kind of an individualistic culture, right? Um, We wanna be who we are and we don't want people to infringe on all of that. And so it it, it can sometimes cause us to maybe push away a corporate identity because it's like, we don't wanna be blended in. But I don't think that's like, the ideal for the Lord, but he's invited us into a family and families have identity. Family has values. Uh, family has uh, like-mindedness and it's important that there's some of that there. There's also an insane uniqueness. I cannot tell you how different all my girls are. It's insane. You know, there is no predicting what the next, there was no, there will be no more, okay? The, <laughs> there was no predicting what, who would come out next and what they'd be like, what they would think is funny, you know? <laughs> So it's okay that we're, we need to be different. It's important that we're different. We'll talk more on that, but we're also part of one family. We've been baptized into it. When we're baptized into Christ, we give up the self life and we put on the Christ life. Ours is no longer, we are, I'm dead to that. We're alive in the life of Christ. And that means I'm called to one body. Okay, cool. I'm called to sum, sum, submission, um, lo- loving one another all of that. I'm going to skip. I want to get to good stuff. Okay. I want to go to first Corinthians 12 now, and this is going to talk about the gifts, interactions of the different parts of the body. But I love how the first part is almost like he's rambling so that he could set it up for the real passage right after it. And you can hear it in the way he writes it, okay? So we're gonna start with uh, 12, 15 through, through 31. I'm gonna get some verses in the, in the middle because I'm telling you, it's it, it almost like rambling, okay? So um, we're, uh, we're gonna get the, get the point. Um, he says, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body and talks about unpresentable parts. So we're just gonna move on to verse 27, um, where he says, you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. And God has appointed the church first, uh, in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret no answer <laughs> no he's like there's no answer uh, he's gonna let you answer that but earnestly desire the higher gifts and I will show you still a more excellent way such a huge turning point and then he goes to 13 chapter 13 so and I will still show you still a more excellent way If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers to understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I I am nothing. If I give away all that I have and deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient Your commitment to love is the foundation of your belonging and value to the body of Christ. Gifts and roles vary drastically. But guys, it is so dangerous to calculate our value based off of our gifts, perspectives, roles. I just wanna say it out loud. It's so important for for me, for everybody on my team and I think everybody in the church, we cannot allow our lives and our days to be validated by what we do, by the role that we have, by the number of people that hear our voice. We cannot let our lives be validated. And we search for that. We search for validation all the time. Am I doing the right thing? Do I matter? What's my purpose? what should I be doing? Or you're doing a lot and you're like, I am killing it. They love me. God loves me. You know, it's like, like he does. But your value to the church, to the world, to the body of Christ cannot be based on your role. Cannot be based on what you do, the season you're in, there will be seasons that you are debilitated, okay? I just sat on the couch for six weeks after a car wreck. There are seasons you're debil- debilitated, but your value doesn't change because you're a member of the body. And if you're committed to one another, love, unity, fellowship, then you're in. You're a part of the body. You have a role. <sighs> That means nothing to me. Killing <laughs> it. Okay. Um, I wanted to share a picture of the body of Christ. And I'm, I, yes, this is a nested analogy, okay? A nested metaphor. I don't know which one it is. Um, I speak in analogies, and it's almost the only way I can communicate my thoughts and feelings, okay? But for like a couple years now, I've had this image of a tapestry as, as the church. Um, which if you don't know what it is, pull up that image of the, yeah, there he is. Go to the other one. I like that one. I like the other one more. Did I give you two? I did not. There it is. So this is, this is a tapestry that hangs in a museum at the Vatican. Um, it is called um, the Resurrection of Christ. Yeah, I can remember that one. And um, so uh, a tapestry is an art form and is basically making rugs that are pretty, right? You are, weaving, you are weaving fabric together to form an image. And the unique thing about these things is that um, all the different uh, uh, materials that you can use, it's just different than like paint, right? It's, you, can, um, you can use silk, you can use dyed wools, you can use gold and silver if you want people to know you're rich, like when you, you know, ask for somebody to make you one. And, um, and they're beautiful. Um, let's go to that video real quick. Here is a process. So here's, here's all the, the wool yarns. This is what it looks like as a tapestry is being made. It takes years to make them. The one at the Vatican, multiple years, multiple artisans spending years of their life. And this is what it looks like. Look at all those strings hanging down, but one by one being woven together and forced together. Look at that. Get in. So there's two strings here. You got the stuff that's woven in and you've got the, those tight strings um, there adding structure. Um, those tight strings are basically one long continuous cord and they're strung up together to give structure. But, oh, you can stop it. We're looping. Um, but, put Jesus back up there for me. Um, they're are wo- woven together. So there's one long continuous string woven together. But then each individual string is one by one woven around this uh, this cordage. I'm going to start using the real words. I learned them for this. Warp and weft. So the warp is the long continuous string that adds structure. The weft is those individual pieces of wool and silk and everything woven together. And um, I had this image of, this, of the tapestry in my head for a long time. And, and my heart just resonated and said, yes, the, the church, we are woven together. We have to be willing to be woven together. Imagine, well, no, I'll go there in a second. What are we woven with? One another, clearly. Right? Like we are tightly woven together with one another. But we're woven around the Holy Spirit that gives us structure, gives us strength. This is a unique art form because it actually is flexible and it's resilient. It's strong, right? Paper, is, it might be flexible, but it can tear. Um, statues are strong, but are not flexible. You know, it's like if the doorway is too short for the statue to go through it, you're busting the doorway through, you know? But, but a tapestry is flexible. It can move and it's strong. And, it's, and it, is, it is that because we're woven together, but also because we're woven together with the Holy Spirit. What I love about the, the imagery of the tapestry, which I didn't even, I just did finally researched it. I thought a year ago, I said, I should look into tapestries, you know, and I didn't. I looked into it this, uh, this last week or two, two weeks ago and I was like, oh my goodness, the Holy Spirit is invisible when it's done. It's completely covered as we embrace our, our position in the tapestry, right? He's invisible, but man, is he experienced. If, if you were going to make that tapestry and, and not weave the, the strings together or and not weave them to that warp, you could make it on the ground. You could lay it all out, you know, and be so, you know, there it is, man, it's beautiful. And then like somebody opens the door and the wind blows and it's like, whew. you can't even hang it up on a wall they all fall. So we're woven around the Holy spirit as individuals so that we can be flexible, strong, resilient, and the image is always visible. We're formed together to form that image of Jesus. so off. I'm just trying to figure out where we're, yeah. Okay. John 13, 34 through 35. I love this. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. To be his disciple is to look like him. They're called Christians because they were little Christs. You will be known, the world will know that you know me when you look like me. How does that work? Because you love one another. You hold to one another. We can't hold to one another with our own strength and our own love. We have to be filled with the Holy Spirit and embrace his love for one another. Cause I'll be real, you're not always lovable and neither am I. But the Holy Spirit doesn't get flimsy on if we're lovable. And if we go to Him to learn how to love one another, then we will hold together. The image will not be distorted, it will be resilient and, and, and visible for the ages. That, that uh, resurrection of Christ is already like 600 years old, you know? Just hanging on a wall. It's resilient. Okay, um, Jesus kept saying soon. How how soon will that be? I don't know. We better hold together for a long time, okay, guys? (sighs) Okay, let's talk about being a good string, right? We're woven in. What is our job? The Lord in his kindness chose us and said, you're gonna be this color right? He, he, all those strings are individually dyed based on the desire of the artist. Your placement, your, your color, your role in the picture, it's all chosen for you. So we, we don't have to, one, we don't have to be jealous. That's the part I skipped, I think, in, in the Second Corinthians passage. We don't have to be jealous that we're not that part of that part. You have been chosen. You have been picked for that specific place and peace. And he is weaving you in, right? So what does it look like to be a good string? <laughs> me. Let's imagine that one string starts to loosen its grip on love and maybe even loosen its grip on, on the Holy Spirit, just embracing him, Right? We are not going to talk about salvation and if you lose it, okay? (laughs) That's that's not what I'm here to uh, argue today. We're talking about you just loosen up a little, right? We're all needed, but we need to understand that we have to submit ourselves to the greater picture, right? Let's say we got a little puffed up. We thought, this is my place, but like I have a really important role. Like I'm the nostril of Jesus. Right, and I wanna, I wanna, I wanna have some flair, okay. Let's say you get puffed up, and you start to loosen up a little bit. You start to, you start to stand out a little bit, okay. You're not leaving. You can, you can see them, you know. You're like holding hands at a distance or whatever with the people around you, but you're puffed up. And then let's say something comes along with sharp edges, like let, the devil, okay, and he snags you as you're puffed up, what happens to that tapestry? Maybe you get torn. Maybe you cinch the fabric. Your string goes and touches so many. And then you get pulled. You allow yourself to get puffed up, snagged, and then yanked. You cinch the image and it's distorted. People look at the church and they're like, Doesn't look like Jesus. It looks kind of weird. His nostrils like (laughs) collapsed in on itself. (laughs) We're all needed, but we need to understand that we have to submit ourselves to the greater picture, right? Allow the weaver to join us to one another and have confidence that we have value. And we're right where we need to be. We don't need to emphasize ourselves, emphasize our perspective. Like, don't just think you thinking you're, you're cool. It's not just that. It could be your, your perspective, thinking it's the most important or it needs, needs to be loud, right? Um, I, um, a lot of times people can have some, uh, some fire, right? You got fire for something. The Lord showed you something and you're like pfft, burning inside, right? And then you're all of a sudden, you're like, it's really important, <laughs> That the church know this. And I can't, from my perspective, I can't see everybody, so I'll just puff myself out a little bit, get a little bit loud, okay? Then you take that flame God gave you and you pick up a flamethrower and you just light that thing up and you (laughs) torch the people around you (laughs) with your truth or your passion or your perspective. And you're like, this is so important! You end up with scorched, earth around you. The people that God intended to bless you through either died (laughs) in your zeal or have gone to somewhere where they won't be torched. It's so important that when God gives us a flame that we say, Lord, I take it. I receive it. Put me where you want me. I will not emphasize my own thing because I'm passionate or zealous about it. I was last year. I had to set down my own zeal for the church, my own zeal and say, it's not about my zeal. He is zealous. You also need to not hide it. Right? So if you're a bushel basket person, That's right. don't hide it. Don't try to weave yourself underneath somebody else. You know, you might be that little strand of gold that just needs to glisten. And you, you might literally be, I think those, those strands are kind of woven around another strand. You know, it's like they're, they feel small, but you're significant. And it's important that we be willing to let our light be seen and to also submit our light to the ones around us. And say, so I, I wanna hold tight to you. Don't wanna scorch you. Okay. I wanna talk about my leg real quick. (laughs) I broke my leg in February. I was in a car crash, head on, 60 mile an hour, both ways. Um, It was a miracle, guys. And um, I had one one injury. My head was fine. My neck was fine. Um, I just broke my femur, just a flesh wound, okay? The Lord was so merciful. Um, In those moments, um, well, uh, you know, Never mind. No, 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 I'm gonna get out of order. This is a good part of the story. Stay on track. Um, the other day, I looked down, pull my shorts up, and I'm like, oh, you ever seen like Arnold Schwarzenegger's legs from like the 70s? Or maybe Ronnie Coleman, you know, you know that guy? Like, wait, baby. My right leg, which did not break, looks jacked. It looks phenomenal, you know? I'm Like, store some pictures for later, you know? You're like, remember that? My left leg is, still looks like a pencil, you know? Um, but I just noticed. I was like, wow, look at that. That thing, got, that thing got strong. When my left leg was broken and weakened and it needed healing, right? My right leg has compensated. It took up the weight and it strengthened itself. When, when it did that, it enabled me to climb the stairs to put my daughters to bed, right? So I couldn't do it before. I have, a, I have purposes in my heart I long to fulfill. But unless my body can cooperate, can make it happen, I can't fulfill them. So praise God, my right leg strengthened itself. Yes. And I'm climbing my stairs and putting those boogers to bed every night. Most, most nights. Um, except when I was out on Thursday, she did it herself. Now, what happens if a year from now, My left leg, the bone is healed, right? And it's time to get strong again. What happens if my right leg doesn't release the load? It's gotten strong, it's gotten capable. It's taken up responsibility. And it's been a major part in fulfilling the purposes of my body for a year, you know? But the left leg is ready now. It was hurt, it was injured but it's ready. And it's gonna have to strengthen itself. It's not ready today to take on the 50% load that it's made to be. But if my right leg does not give give up that, that, that weight bearing, and it's like, I'm strong. I can do it. I can do it. My left leg will never get strong. And if I persist in that, I, it will take literal discipline. Like if I, don't, if I don't figure out how to strengthen my left leg, then I will be like this forever. My right leg will do all the work. I'll be doing pistols like all day, you know? What? I couldn't do that a couple months ago, guys. I'm telling you, it's jacked. <laughs> but if my right leg doesn't relent and it feels responsible maybe, maybe you're a life group leader, right? And you're like, I just, these are my people, you know? I can do it. Maybe you're a roommate and, and, you're, and, you're, and your roommate's struggling and you're being strong for them. But if we will not give up the weight when it is time, our body will be out of alignment forever. I'll be 50 years old talking about what I wish I could do because my spine will get messed up. My hips will be off, right? Right? Everything will be wrong forever if we don't believe in one another to be strengthened. And if our priority is not actually health, healthy, whole. I want the body of Christ to be healthy, whole, and right. And so I've gotta be willing in my strength to believe in someone else, even when they look weaker than me. I could do it but i'm going to i'm going to believe in them and give it over so that we can be whole at this point the right leg's greatest contribution is the release of responsibility and the load that it once handled on its own amen okay Uh, I guess we'll have the band come on up. I don't get to say that very often, we'll say it. Come on up, guys. Um, I wanna turn this experience into a prayer that's been on my heart. Um, when the accident happened, I woke up real quick and um, my first thought is like, I'm so glad my girls have a daddy, you know? <laughs> that's not what this message is about, but I needed to say that <clears throat> to get to the next point. But I'm so glad my girls have a daddy. And I'm so glad I'm going to get to see my wife again, you know. And um, that was my like first revelation. You know, you wake up, you're like, woo! <laughs> and um, the second revelation was later. I was in, I was waiting for the surgery, sitting in the room, laying on my back, holding my leg together, you know, and like, um, things get so clear in those moments. Sometimes we can live in this swirl of the swirl of the, of the dust of like, ah, I don't know, there's this, there's so much going on. But when you almost die, the dust settles and it's really clear what matters. And um, there was just a cry in my heart. <laughs> like hold, holding on my leg, just saying, I just want unity and revival. Like even more than this getting fixed. I want unity and revival in the church. And um, then they, uh, they come to you in that moment and they say, hey, we know you love a lot of people. They're all outside. We need you to pick your favorites and just, just go one by one and just make sure your friends know what order they're in. Because you don't get to see everybody at once and uh pretty pretty quick the hardies were in there and it's just like i looked at ashley it's like just unity revival that's all i need we can talk about this later you know it's like that's what i want for our church that We would be one and we'd be filled with the holy spirit that we would be one and that we would be filled with the holy spirit So we're, we're gonna pray for, the, for that in a minute. Um, but first we're gonna take communion together. We're gonna acknowledge that by his blood and the breaking of his body that we are united with him and we are united with one another through the Holy Spirit. Go ahead and stand on up. If you don't have one underneath your seat, raise your hand, there'll be ushers coming around. Got one over here. Okay, so let's put ourselves back at that table of the last supper here in Jesus cry out to the father that we would be one even as he and the father are one I'm going to read through Luke 22 the words of Jesus and we're going to take it as they did and divide uh, uh, it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, you will not drink of the, uh, the fruit, or I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which, I, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread. Thank you for your body broken for us, that you heal, you restore. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Let's take it. Lord we thank you that you have made a way that you have called us to a family and we just say yes Lord we want to see the fullness of your desires fulfilled Lord we say yes to our place we say yes to the the color of the string that you wanted Lord the position And we say yes to one another, Lord, the people that you've called us to. Lord, we submit ourselves to your Holy Spirit and to one another. We value your spirit in us, the image that you project through us, Lord, and we value your spirit in one another, Lord. We say yes to loving one another as you love, Lord. I'm gonna have some, just a couple life group leaders come up. We're actually gonna take a couple minutes and pray. But if you are not a part of the body of Christ and you want to give your life to Jesus, be devoted to Him, be filled with the Holy Spirit, you can come up and receive prayer. And if there's just anything going on in your life, you can come up. Uh, a couple life group leaders, go ahead and work up here. A couple of yeah. you, don't be shy. Um, but the rest of you, I, uh, I would apologize for asking you to pray together, but I'm not because we're the body of Christ. And uh, we can get over this hump of awkwardness and we can pray earnestly that we would be one, even as he and the father are one. So I'm gonna have some prayer points up here. You can just throw all of them up there at once. Um, Turn to, to maybe one or two other people and we're just gonna pray. You can pray some or all of these. We're gonna pray out loud. We're gonna pray for one another and for the church. We're gonna take a couple minutes and then we'll worship together. So let's go for it.